0: Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast. I'm Lindsay Maland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. This time of year always gets me thinking about family history and family legacy. I think it's because the holidays are a nostalgic time full of many traditions. We gather with family to cook recipes that have been handed down through the generations, We display decor that hold many memories and meaning. We sing carols or listen to music that are steeped in our heritage and culture. And without the stories and the context behind these things, they cease to be special. And that has me thinking a lot about how we keep the stories of our quilts alive, how we choose to document our quilts, and share what makes them special with our family and friends. Whether it's to use as conversation pieces with children and grandchildren when you're snuggling under a quilt, or to pass along as a keepsake when you gift a quilt to a friend, to document current events or important occasions that the quilt represents, or even thinking ahead to when we're no longer here, and our quilts are spread out among our family as a remembrance of you? How will the stories and the history follow the quilts they belong to? So one of the easiest ways to ensure your quilt has some basic information attached to it is through a quilt label. You can add your name and date, which ensures that you and anyone else who sees the quilt can quickly identify who made it, and the time period it was made. But other interesting facts to include could be the pattern name, the fabric line, the city and state you made the quilt in, the occasion you made the quilt for, or the person you made the quilt for. This can give a few more clues to the history of the quilt and why it was made. So I don't come from a family of quilters and there is only one quilt that was passed down in my family. It has no label um, and no one has any information about it. We can guess that the person who made it and even the time frame based on some clues about the fabric used, but I would give anything for a label on that quilt with more concrete information. And since being that uh Since having that quilt gifted to me, um, I've always made sure to add a label to all of my quilts because I don't want that to happen to other people when my quilts get passed down. Another way to meaningfully document your quilts is through a scrapbook. There are a few different ways you can do this. You can make a physical scrapbook by printing photos and information about the quilt to keep in sheet protectors and photo albums. You can make a digital scrapbook through online services like Shutterfly, which let you upload digital photos and add text to a page, which you can then have them print as a book and send to you. You could also keep it purely digital by uploading photos and information about the quilts to a cloud storage system like Dropbox or Google Drive, which could be shared with your family and friends. Or you can use any project trackers you may use to document your quilts and just add them to a three-ringed binder when the project is complete. So let me chat a little bit more about this. So no matter what system you decide to use, here are some examples of things you may want to include for each quilt. A photo of the quilt. Um, possibly a detail photo of the quilting or any embellishments or detail work you've done, and if you gifted the quilt, maybe you want to include a picture of the recipient with the quilt. You could include scraps of fabric from the quilt or even a finished block if you wanted to make an extra. You could include information like the pattern name, the fabric line used, how long it took you to make, including the start and end dates, and any machine quilting information. You could also include a story about why you made it, or what was happening in your life or in the world at the time you were sewing it. If you can, try to include things in your own handwriting. I know not everyone can write well anymore, but as someone who still cherishes the handwritten notes and cards I received from my grandparents, I think it's extra special to see a person's handwriting when looking back at documentations like this. You can decide how much or how little you want to include for each quilt, and that may all depend on how many quilts you're making each year, how many you're giving away or donating, or even the size of your quilt. For example, if you only make a few quilts a year, you may want to provide more info about each one and spend more time making the scrapbook page. But if you're making many and your time is limited, you may want to resort to more of a basic scrapbook. If you donate a lot of quilts to a charity, you may not feel the need to document each quilt you give away. And I know I personally don't add a label or document any smaller quilts I make like table runners or mini quilts, since I spend less time on those and don't expect those to last forever since I use them often. Now I mentioned that project trackers were one way to keep a documentation of your projects, and I wanted to share more about that in case you don't use them. So some quilters use project trackers to mark their progress on a quilt, Uh, Usually, it's a long-term project since it allows you to write down where in the process you are, what your plans were for the quilt, what fabrics you're using, etc. And that way, if you put the project away for a while, um, or maybe even years, (laughs) when you pick it up again, you can start right where you left off. You can find free project trackers online and even buy little books that fit 10 or 20 projects at a time. And if you do that, it's a great way to document your quilts. So once you've finished with the project, instead of getting rid of the tracker, maybe add some fabric swatches or a picture of the quilt to the pages, then put them into a sheet protector or a three ring binder to save. Not only can these forms of documentation of your quilts help tell the stories of the quilts and your own story to others, but it can also serve as a meaningful way to connect with others. I love poring over old photo albums with my family each year and sharing stories and memories of of the photos. That same can be said with your quilts. How nice would it be to page through the book with your children and grandchildren and talk about your beautiful creations? Or look through the book yourself to help remember past gifts you gave or times in your life? I'd love to know how you document your own quilts, so send me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com to share. It would be so fun to share different ideas in an upcoming show. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing some listener tips and a thrifty sewing hack. Welcome back! Now it's time for a segment called Reader Tips, where we share your best sewing advice. We have some great ideas to share today, so let's dive right on in. This first tip is from Denise Winters from Wyndham, Minnesota. They say, a wine rack is a good storage solution for rolled items, such as fusible web, freezer paper, an applique sheet, and batting everything stays organized and in its place. Well, as a fellow wine lover and owner of wine racks, I love this idea. They're made for holding rolls round things in place. So I think this is genius. (laughs) Okay. Debbie Burke from Egan, Minnesota says, because I usually have quite a few applique projects going at one time. I could never remember the start date of a project once it was completed. Now when a quilt block is finished I write the completion date on a seam allowance on the back of the block with a washable marker. Then I can document the starting and ending dates on the quilt label or in a quilting journal. Well this of course is a very timely tip since we just chatted about documenting your quilt so this is another easy way to Keep track of when you started and ended a project by writing the date and the seam allowance. Jerry Wagoner of Appleton, Wisconsin says, Tie a bright ribbon to a safety pin and place the pin where you stop machine quilting. When it's time to begin again, you'll know where to resume because you can easily see the ribbon. Well this is a great solution. Um, I use a lot of white thread or thread that blends when I'm machine quilting and I always lose track of where I I need to quilt next So I think I need to adopt this ribbon trick. Beverly Sullivan from Upper Montclair, New Jersey says a bulletin board can be remade into a portable mini design wall. Cover the cork surface with quilt batting or flannel. Screw eye hooks into the bulletin board's top corners and the hooks into the wall. To view your new design wall from a distance, hang it on the wall. When you're ready to sew pieces together and need it closer to you, take it down. Sue Spitalnik of Fairpoint, New York says, Folding a quilt across the foot of the bed or draping it over the back of a sofa often means only the bottom of the quilt shows. If that's how you plan to display your quilt, make sure to place your favorite blocks in the bottom rows where they'll be seen. I think this tip is genius because normally, when I do my quilts, I put my favorite blocks at the top or in the center of the quilt because that's just where my eyes are going. But she is right that if you are planning to hang your quilt, um, I, I like to do mine on quilt ladders, you might only see half the quilt, so I should be putting my favorite blocks where they're going to be shown off the best. So that's just something great to keep in mind. Tina Har of Crompond, New York says, Use the paper towel dispenser as a holder for freezer paper and fusible web. Both countertop and wall-mounted versions work. So another great idea for storing your rolls. And our last tip is from Marge Dempster from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Donate leftover batting to a local school. It can be used in art projects to represent snow scenes, bunny tails, and flowers. Like the saying goes, one man's trash is another person's treasure. I always love hearing everyone's tips, so if you have your own to share, email it over to me at apqtips at meredith.com, and we may feature your tip in our magazines or on this podcast. I'm now handing the mic over to Joanna, the editor of Quilts and More, for Sew Thrifty, a segment where we share tips for saving money while you sew. Take it away, Joanna.
1: So far on Sew Thrifty, we've covered topics like how to use secondhand items, shop for sewing items when they're on sale, and what items you shouldn't skip on, even if there are cheaper options. Most of those past topics were about buying things, either new or secondhand, to meet a need. Today, we're looking at how to be so thrifty with what you already have. As much fun as new things can be, there's an intrinsic thrill in using every last bit of your fabric, notions, and other supplies, and you help cut down on waste. Let's break down some of the ways in which you can use things you already have around your sewing space. First, let's talk about scraps. Using up scraps is such a big topic that it will probably be its own so thrifty segment in the future. Today we're going to look specifically at larger fabric and batting scraps. If you have lots of larger fabric scraps of the same or similar color, you can try substituting those scraps for one print listed in a quilt pattern. It's a great way to use up lots of scraps you already have. You'll end up with blocks that have some slight variation, but in the larger scope of the pattern, they will all blend in together. I personally love a semi-scrappy quilt because you get some of the variety and visual texture of a scrappy quilt while still having the order and symmetry of the original pattern. Another good use of larger fabric scraps is piecing your fabric backings. It's extra effort, but it saves you from buying many yards of backing fabric, plus the back of your quilt will look really cool, which is a bonus. If you plan it carefully, you can even end up with a double-sided quilt top where both sides have a design. For larger batting scraps, did you know you can sew together the uh, smaller scraps into one larger batting piece by abutting the edges of the scraps and then zigzag stitching between them? It's such a game changer because you can make those batting scraps into almost any size that you want. Smaller batting scraps, ones that are too small to be zigzag-stitched together, are better suited for smaller things, like stuffing small projects like pin cushions or pillows or even dog beds. Next, there are some simple techniques you can try to help save you some money as you sew. If you use chain piecing, which is sewing multiple pieces without cutting the threads between them, it can save you a lot of money on thread, as compared to cutting the thread between the pieces each time, when you're quilting, learning some basic machine quilting designs on your domestic machine, like cross-hatching or vertical serpentine, serpentine stitches, can save you a lot of money on long-arm services. When you're cutting, if you have a piece that you slightly miscut, but the difference is small enough, think an eighth of an inch or less. Sometimes you can hide that in your quarter inch seam allowance. I like to use a fabric pen to mark where my seam should have been if I had cut that angle perfectly straight. And then when I sew the pieces together, I use that line to sew on. And when I'm done, after I've pressed it, the miscut edge is hidden in my seam allowance. It doesn't always work out. It really only works if it's a very slight miscut, But there have been times when it saved me from having to cut into a whole new fat quarter or piece of fabric. So it can save you some fabric money if you do it carefully. Finally, learn to love what you've got. I know that's easier said than done sometimes, and we all love to go shopping and check out the cool, shiny new things that come out. But I can't tell you how many times I've gotten the coolest new thing, and a few months later, it sits in a drawer. Because it turns out, I was actually pretty happy with what I had before, and I really love that old rotary cutter, or favorite fabric scissors, or some other notion that maybe isn't sparkly and new, but does a really good job and fits perfectly in my hand, and I just prefer to use it. I can't speak for everyone, but sometimes I get really caught up in the fads and the perfect photos on social media, and I just find it helpful to disconnect a little bit once in a while. Take a look around at all the cool things you have, especially if there's some things you've forgotten you have, and try to remember why you loved it in the first place. Think of all that you've accomplished with your favorite tools and the stash you already have. Just be grateful for how creative it lets you be. There's something to be said for looking at old favorites with a fresh perspective, and it can even help you be so thrifty.
0: Thanks so much, Joanna. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing the details of our virtual quilt retreat and some more items from our holiday gift guide. Welcome back. I quickly wanted to share about our upcoming virtual quilt retreat in case any listeners want to join in. We've done one around the holidays the past few years and people seem to really like carving out one sewing day for themselves when things start to get busy and hectic. So our virtual quilt retreat is on Saturday, December 4th. We know that's not very much notice, um, but it runs from 9am to 5pm Central Standard Time on our Facebook and Instagram pages. And so all day long, we'll be posting fun photo prompts and holiday-related questions for everyone to answer and share. It's really casual, so you just need to, you know, log into social media occasionally and just pop in whenever you can for a second to catch up on things or scroll through the comments or share photos. Uh, We really just like to encourage other quilters to take that time for themselves to catch up on sewing whether they're making gifts or holiday quilts or just need to do some personal sewing as a form of stress relief and just have fun and get in the holiday spirit with other quilters. So we hope you can join in. Um, I'll be quilting my last Christmas quilt of the year on Saturday so I'll be sharing pictures and participating and it's always a really fun time. So I'll link to the details in our show notes, Um, but if you're already following us on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see all of our posts starting Saturday. Now we're moving on to what we're loving, a segment where we share the products our staff is obsessed with, and we are about three and a half weeks away from Christmas. Um, and this is the time of year I start to kind of panic about what I still need to buy. So I love getting recommendations of what others love to help make my shopping easier. Um, So I hope this list we're sharing today are fun items that you can add to your own wish list or buy for other quilters in your life. The first product is a coffee mug that says the words Quilty as Charged with a star block design. It's so cute and I love quilting themed mugs. I drink coffee, I drink tea, I drink hot chocolate um and hey I won't discriminate I've even drank wine out of mugs before Uh, so it really is a great investment no matter what you drink. (laughs) So these mugs come in ceramic enamel and glass and in different sizes and styles so that you can customize the mug a little bit but um it was actually really cute. This The person who makes these mugs is an Etsy shop owner, and I had messaged her telling her we loved her mug, and she said that her sister is a quilter and designs quilt patterns. So she's not a quilter herself, but she made this mug for her sister and decided to sell her design on her Etsy shop. So um, when you go to her shop, she has a lot of other uh, types of mugs, but this is a quilting theme one, so it's kind of funny. It's a small world. Everyone knows a quilter. <laughs> Okay, the next product are um, art prints, quilting theme art prints, to help decorate your sewing space. So these prints are sold as downloadable PDFs, um, and with your purchase, you get the PDF in five different sizes. So you can print out whatever size you need. So they come in sizes ranging from 8x10 all the way up to 24x30. Um, and there are multiple colors to choose from, or you can even order a custom color to match your space if you have something specific in mind. There are a lot of fun designs that this store, the blanket statement has. Uh, my personal favorite is a print that says, stay sharp, and it has sketches of a bunch of different cutting tools. <laughs> but there, there are more sophisticated prints, too, if you don't want more of a funny one with words. Um so yeah that's another great addition to your sewing space okay i like this next product a lot it is a sewing crew neck from michael gardner of daddy dressed me Um, a little shout out to michael if you haven't heard of him he is a self-taught sewist and also a dad to ava And his mission is to help empower his daughter through the gorgeous clothes that he designs for her. And he also teaches her useful skills um, and they bond over sewing together. And it's really heartwarming to watch the pictures he posts on his Instagram and the videos they do together on his YouTube channel. Um, But one of the clothing items he sells on his store is a crew neck sweatshirt that is so cozy. This is the time of year where we're all thinking about how to get warmer Um, And there's one that says selfish sewer, one that says love sewing, and one that has just cute pictures of a needle, thread, a sewing machine, and a scissors on there. So great to support Michael and his mission um, of, you know, education and connection with daughters. Okay, so this, this product is a little bit out of the box. It is a barn quilt address sign. But if you wanted to enhance your home's curb appeal, this address sign is is a fun purchase. So you can customize the sign with your name, your house number, and a choice of more than 200 quilt block designs. Um, And then on top of that, the signs are available in a variety of colors and sizes. So the price starts at $45, so you can get one for a pretty reasonable price if you want to keep it, you know, more on the simple side. But I think that's just a fun way to show the neighborhood that you are a quilter or display one of your favorite quilt blocks. So is anyone still in love with washi tape? I know it was so trendy a few years ago, um, but I still use it constantly in my sewing space. So Kristen Peralt designed this super cute washi tape that has hand-drawn lettering that says words like cut, baste, quilt, piece, all in one roll of tape. And it has little hearts on it too, it's very cute. So you can use it to decorate your planners, um, packages, or mail you're sending. You can hang artwork or blocks in your sewing space. It's not really a necessary purchase, but it's a fun one, especially for only $4. (laughs) Okay, our next product is a puzzle. I love puzzles, um, and for some reason when it's quilt related, it just brings me even more excitement. I think it's something about like building a quilt in puzzle form, like like you're sewing it together or something. It just seems really whimsical to me. So this puzzle that we love, it's a thousand pieces. It features artwork, artwork by Tom Wood showing holiday quilts in this really beautiful wintry scene. So I, uh, fully intend to steal this puzzle, um, from the office to bring home to, uh, to do, to work on it with my mom during the holidays. Um, just seems like something we would love to do together and I would be really into the quilts and she would be into the kind of the the outdoor scene and um the the puzzle measure is 20 by 27 too so it's a pretty good size with a lot of pieces so I think it'll be a fun holiday activity and the last product to share is the book quilting with liberty fabrics by author jenny smith So this book celebrates the well-known Liberty of London designs, um, all the way from 1875 to the present. So the book features 15 quilt patterns, one from each decade in Liberty's history, along with stories of changing fabric and fashion trends, developments in the store over the years, and the history of their classic fabrics. And what I love is that this book is a boxed book, so it comes in a beautiful case that you can slip the book into to display on your shelf. It it truly is like a work of art book piece that you would want to display. So that's all the products we have to share today, but keep listening to upcoming shows because we have a few more favorites to share before Christmas. And of course, we'll link to all these products in our show notes so that you can add them to your own wishlist or buy them for yourself. Now, before we leave today, I just wanted to remind everyone of the amazing subscription offer we have available only for our podcast listeners. So you can get a year-long subscription to American Patchwork and Quilting magazine for you or as a gift for any of your sewing friends for only $5.99, which is an incredible offer. It's normally $30. So that's six issues of patterns, stories, interviews, tips, and more delivered right to your mailbox. You don't need a coupon code. You will just click the special link that you will find in our show notes. Buying a subscription is a really easy way to support the work our staff does so that we can continue doing things like this podcast and our website and, and you know everything for free. So thanks for your consideration and reach out to me with any questions. Everyone have a great week and we will chat with you soon.